limits. Because we are the vehicle that God is going to use to take that gospel out there to the lost. And, you know, we have been praying and, you know, just asking God, hey, God, you know, get my family saved. Do You know, we're always talking to God about things like that. But he, he's saying, take your limits off. Take your limits off of me. And we just do that. We get so, it's, it's, it's so distracting in this world. Very distracting. And this is a year, uh, I heard it on Christian TV. I can't remember who was saying it. Uh, but it was, I think it was Kenneth Copeland, but he said, this is the year of preparation. And, uh, you know, that, with all that I'm hearing and seeing and supposedly um, it looks like Obama isn't doing anything with Syria and with with uh, Ukraine, um, you, you don't hear all the news, okay? And I heard that, and if, if you watch Christian news, you'll hear the news, and uh, or Fox. But um, supposedly he went in there with troops, into Syria and was encountered with Russian troops and he went into Ukraine with troops and was encountered with even greater troops or a greater amount of troops and uh, also China told him to back off or pay his bill pay your bill and so he's using the the Chinese government is using that as a threat and a warning to America. Okay? And something's about to happen. They're talking World War III. Okay? And the Red Moon, I don't know, there's just some talk about the Red Moon. And it's supposed to, I guess, come next month. And that's usually telling you there's a catastrophic thing that's going to happen. And uh, whether good or bad. It's just, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, it's happened about eight times since Jesus came 2,000 years ago. So there's been like eight red moons. And uh, so something is going to break loose here. And we have to be ready. Amen? We all have to be ready. And God is setting the stage. God is setting the stage. And I mean the young people. You, you, <laughs> I'm looking up here at all these beautiful young people that are praising God. And I'm seeing on Christian TV just... Tons of, of music going out there with young people and teaching and preaching. Young people, young adults taking on churches. I mean, God is really doing something. And it's going to take the young people to reach other young people. And um, even even the world. <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter what age, but it really does take a young person to identify with another young person. And whether it's young adults or teenagers, you know, but praise God. God is just sweeping the globe with his people, but he's saying, take off the limits. And we also have to be watching the uh, denominational churches because, hey, they're going to catch the fire and we're going to be left behind. Because, you know, they're in that valley of decision, multitudes in the valley of decision, because they want something more. They want something greater than what they what they have, and they're watching and they're seeing things happen, and they're saying, "God, I want that. 
And they're coming to the Pentecostal churches and asking how they can get it. So let's don't get religious. <laughs> let's don't just, you know, stay confined in, in, in our own little world. You know, we got to break, what, break the walls down, right? Break the walls down. Let heaven come, let heaven come in. Hallelujah. <laughs> You know, and, and, uh, we're, we just got a church building. It's a five year lease and we're excited. It's on one of the busiest streets in Olomotes, 110,000 people. And, uh, I see it as a fishnet. Hallelujah. And it's right next to a bus stop. And, uh, and I'm just thinking, hey, that's, we're the vehicle that God's going to use to win the lost. And in prayer today, uh, CJ Jr., right? Wasn't that who that, that was? Who? Okay, your son, anyway, right? <laughs> and, uh, sorry, my hearing, I'm getting too old for this, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Teresa Barnes, uh, we were visiting last night and, and, uh, and she says, I'm not getting older, I'm getting younger. <laughs> I just don't get old. And I thought, good. <laughs> I better confess that. That's a good one. <laughs> but God is, is really, you know, he's, he's getting us ready. He's getting us ready. He's putting before us, you know, life and death. And he's saying, choose life. And there's a lot out there about eating correctly, exercising, you know, as well as doing all the spiritual things we need to be doing. Because he's going to mightily use us. But take the limits off. Take the limits off. And don't pull into the worldly things. Don't get distracted by all the the stuff that you've gotten distracted by before. Don't do that. we got to stop that. <laughs> and we just can't, you know, it's not going to be church as usual. You know, if you want to get be a part of this flood that's coming in, okay, then the spiritual flood. And, uh, you know, we just, we have to, we just have to pull in and we have to do things right. Somebody comes to you and wants to say some, something negative, uh, about somebody, grab their hand and say, hey, let's pray for that person. Right? That's why we have to have, that's how we have to do it. And God can do things when you do that. But if you pull into the negative stuff, well, then you're just pulling into the enemy's territory with that junk. And then it, it's just not good. So we've got to, we've got to just, uh, know who we are and, and walk in the fullness of, of, of that. And we have to use our authority. These are the days when we're going to really, I mean, everything's going to be pumped up, you know, for a time such as this. And, uh, we, we really, uh, are, are here by, uh, God's, uh, assignment and mandate he wants you here and you are like like uh like the like in the prayer today that gold coin but there's a lot of other gold coins out there that are that you know they don't even know anything about jesus much you know even america that happens you know and especially over where we are they they haven't they don't even know the ten commandments the, you know, they just don't know anything because it was so suppressed. That kind of a thing was very suppressed during the communism and during the Nazism and all that ism. And, uh, you know, we, we have, you know, that treasure 
that treasure that's out there waiting for us. They're out there waiting for us to, to go after them. And God wants to use you for that. And, you know, I saw when we were uh, headed out to Czech, before we were heading out to, to Czechoslovakia, and at that time it really was Czechoslovakia, uh, and uh, and I was asked, I wanted to know if we were really supposed to be there, you know, because Mark had heard. And uh, so I said, well, I need to hear, Lord. And he showed me, and he showed me that in these last days, um, we would just be walking, to, and it's, and by the way, the biggest ministry will be one-on-one in these last days. I think you all know that. And uh, anyway, he just showed me that we were walking down this, this street, and um, there was, there was uh, something going on up ahead of us. We couldn't really tell what it was, but God said, take a left. And so we got to really hear, be able to hear God's voice in these last days. Really hear his voice. Because, I mean, there's, there's evil out there. You know, you, you, I don't know if you know, but I mean, Christians are getting killed by the thousands all the time. And, uh, and then we were walking and, and God said, or the Holy Spirit, you know, was, was leading and guiding us and saying, go to that couple. Go to that couple. See, cause you may wonder, well, how am I going to know who to talk to? I might talk to a Gustavo type person, you know, I don't know who I'm going to talk to, but the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. Go to, go to, go here. Go to this one. Go to that one. Jesus did that when they were trying to throw him off the cliff. He heard and he knew. And they couldn't catch him. Okay? And then you're going to be able to speak those words of life because you're going to be asking. You're going to be praying all the time because it says pray without ceasing. And you're going to say, okay, what do I say when I find this right coin, golden coin? You know, what am I going to say to that person when I, when you show me who they are? And the Holy Spirit is just going to fill your mouth with those, those words. And, and, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is big in us, whether you realize it or not. He's big in us. And He showed that to me one time. It was, He was like hovering over me and I was looking down and I was in the car and I was holding on to the, the steering wheel and praying and, and he was there without me because I was overing. And it, he was, he was, he had form just like us. And he was holding on to the steering wheel and he says, I'm here. I'm here. Use me. I'm here. Use me. So he's walking when we walk. He's talking and when, you know, and, but you gotta be talking the right thing, of course. You don't wanna grieve the Holy Spirit. Like we were talking about in prayer. But you know, you just, you just gotta realize who you are. You really need to realize who you are. You are somebody. And God can really use you, but you gotta just take off those limits. You know, let go of things. Amen? Amen. So, anyway, I just wanna encourage you, and it's good to see you all again, and Mark's gonna come with this great, uh, message about Gideon about Gideon hallelujah see you're a bunch of Gideons out here you know (laughs) ready to be used of God just open your heart to him amen glory good word hallelujah uh this is the thing that Tommy's saying you know the the devil has taken off his limits of sin and evil 
There's no question about it. All this horrible stuff, you know, how many millions of children are suffering in Syria or in Sudan or these horrible places in, in Nigeria. These crazy terrorists are kill, just blowing up churches, killing kids in schools. It's insanity. Well, that's the devil. But our God is taking off the limits in our lives. To anybody who will just say, here I am, Lord, use me. He's going to use you folks right here as you get on your face and pray. You know, that call of CJ's heart. we got to care about the lost people. You need to get a hold of that. You need to get in, in the prayer closet those three days. Which day, CJ? 25th to the 27th of March. And get on your face and take the limits off your prayer life. That's what Tommy's talking about. Taking the limits off your, you know, things that are distracting you and pulling you away from God. No, put that stuff in the closet. You don't need to spend six hours a day surfing the internet or whatever. It's time to get in to the place of the Holy Ghost flow. And I tell you, when you see this place with a whole bunch of new youth and kids that got saved in that evangelism, all that three extra days of prayer you spend is going to be well worth it. Am I speaking the truth? Amen? And and folks, it it is time for the body of Christ to get serious. Because I mean, the devil is serious about killing, stealing, and destroying. And I see what he's done after 45 years of communism, and they said God is dead. And now we have the Czech Republic is the most atheist nation in the whole European Union, less than 1% Christians. Well, I'm not satisfied with that. I am not going to let the devil take that country to hell. If I'm the last missionary standing, I'm going to preach the gospel until the last breath in my lungs. Amen? Well, what are you going to do in Stillwater, Oklahoma? We're all in the war. People, we got to wake up. You know that airliner that was just stolen? You know, they, they said they don't know what happened to it. Airliners don't just disappear, people. I, I believe that was hijacked by those two Iranians who had stolen passports. They flew it up to somewhere. They said it was in the air for six hours. They can tell because there's transmissions from the motors that are sent via GPS to the Pratt & Whitney company. And they have actually, you know, like impulses coming off the motors. That plane was in the air for six hours after it lost radio contact. I believe it was flown up to Uzbekistan or one of those nations where there's, you know, a lot of Islamic activity. It was landed at a desert airfield. I believe they're going to paint it with a typical other airline marking. So it's impossible. It's a 777. They won't know the difference. And they're going to mask it as a regular airline flight. And they're going to fly it into Israel with a nuclear bomb on it. And Ezekiel 38 is going to start. <laughs> That could be. Now, I'm not saying this to scare you, but I'm just talking to you people to wake you up out of our American comfort zone. Jesus is coming soon. And we need to pray against that very thing I just said. Or we could be, and I don't want Ezekiel 38 yet because I still got 30 more percent of Czech Republic to reach with the gospel. We have hundreds of cities across Czech, Slovakia, Ukraine, that have no full gospel church at all. Zero, none, nothing. Towns of 35, 40,000 people and no full gospel church anywhere. 
And those people got to hear. And so we need to pray against whatever that plan is that the enemy's plans get thwarted. They find that airliner and those 290 people be released somehow. We need to pray. Those are lives at stake. Amen? What if that was your family on that airplane? Boy, you'd be praying. Well, I'll tell you what. It's God's family that's on that plane. We need to be praying. Amen? Hallelujah. So, you know, this is real. I'm a missionary. I can come in here and say these kind of crazy things because I'm leaving in a few days and then CJ have to come back and say, no, you know, Mark, he's just a little bit overwhelming. (laughs) But see, I'm a missionary. I'm on the front lines and I have to tell you these things because I'm concerned that you wake up and see that every person in this room is on a mission for God. You're on a mission to reach Stillwater. I'm on a mission to reach Czech and Slovakia with my sweet wife. But we're all on a mission. And we need each other. And it's time to rise up and support each other and stand together as a mighty army instead of everybody just showing up on Sunday and then we go home and, and just do our little happy life. I'm sorry, that those days are over. It's time for the body of Christ to get real. So I'm going to show you what's happened this year. Um, and then I'm going to play a song and we'll see how much time I have. I, I don't have a lot of time, but I just want to impart some things that are just going to pierce your thinking and, and, and motivate you. <laughs> Cause we're on a, everybody look at your neighbor and say, we are on a mission, mission. to glorify Jesus. Jesus. And it starts today. It starts today. Amen. Now go ahead, Omir, would you go ahead and put that slide presentation? I'm skipping ahead. Put the one that says CZ, uh, 2014. And, and this is a year, Tommy and I, you know, we have been over there, tw- uh, this is our 21st year. And we're seeing many of the things that we prayed for, we're getting traction. And this last year we saw incredible harvest. That we haven't seen in 15 years. We did these five series of concerts last spring. And in every concert we saw 9, 10, 11 people born again on the street in Czech Republic. We haven't seen that in years. And yet in every city we went to, this is what happened. See, and all this, we've been laying this foundation. And, and my God, we've been praying for 15 years. This year we got our own building. We'll see it in a minute. So... This is it. In these nations of such deep Christian heritage, there are now fewer than 1% born-again Bible-believing followers of Christ. That has to change, people. Amen? And we're on a team. I can't do this without New Covenant standing behind us. We just lost our largest supporting church. They went through a church split in, in South Carolina. They went from 350 to 60 people. That was $500 a month support. That was one-third of our monthly income. And we lost it because they went through a church split. That, that's not going to happen here. Amen. You guys are just going to keep growing and expanding. Amen. Because I, I, we got to have solid churches that are standing strong with us or we can't do what we do. We're on the same team. Amen. Go, okay. I've got the, the clicker. This is high tech. Boy, I'm, I'm blessed. Okay. Wake up. What do I, do I have to aim it up there? Well, I'm pressing on it, but nothing's happening. Okay, Omir, just go to the next slide. I don't know why. It's just not working. All right. Well, you've seen Podscali before. God is just too big to dream small. Amen? And this is why you all need to increase your your vision. 
uh, we're, this is our fifth year now, and it's like a pension and a bed and breakfast, and the building on the far right, we built this cabin so we can house more kids at our summer camp. Every year we've had 45 to 60 kids join our English camp, and every year we get at least 25 to 30 percent of them get born again and baptized and then their parents start coming to church so it's been an awesome tool and then over on this side here is the pension part this building right here is an outdoor like a outdoor restaurant that we use in the summer and upstairs we we have lodging for a couple kids there and eight kids in that building there and then this is where tommy and i live okay let's go to the next one so this is our family. You, you guys remember Michael. When we first came on the mission field, he was three. And now he's 24. And that's his girlfriend, Kate. The wedding bells will probably be ringing next year, but they're trying to get all their debts paid off. And there's our sweet Tommy. And that's my 93-year-old mother who's still going for Jesus at 93. Hallelujah. That's a good example for us. Go to the next one. So this is Tommy and I, and it was our 25th anniversary this year. So, amen, hallelujah. So what did I, we we went down to Venice, see the beautiful Venice, and we went for a gondola ride. How romantic, hallelujah. So, you know, we take a little time off, We're, we're humans. All right, let's go to the next one. So this is the new church building. It used to be an auto parts store, so there was grease and junk. We had to tear up all the tile, and then it's a 120-year-old building, so we had to um, tear up the... Uh, the old concrete was all messed up. We had to level new concrete and then fix up the walls, all the lights, the kitchen area, a new stage carpet. So we want to thank New Covenant because you all sent us $2,000 and that helped us to get all that stuff done. So thank you, folks. Amen. Give, give the Lord a hand clap. <laughs> Next one. So this is the building now. And we're on the busiest street in Olomots. It's called Sirkev Nova Nade, which means Church of New Hope. And look at that. We have a brand new facade. It's right in front of the bus shelter. We have twelve to 15,000 cars pass us every day. And, and so we're going to get elect, that's our next project. We're going to put an electrical sign right there and, and preach the gospel. This is our fellowship room. We had a women's fellowship. This is the main sanctuary seats about 85. And this is me up and preaching in the band shell area. So it's a beautiful building. We have two children's rooms, a kitchen, uh, the fellowship hall. It's, it's wonderful. And it, God's just using it and it's really helped our church to grow. Next one. And this is, so we, with increased prayer comes increased harvest. Now this is a team, it, it's a, a full gospel church from Chicago. And actually it's a black gospel choir. And they've come every year. This is about their sixth time. And they're coming again. And we did these concerts on the street in Ostrava, Olomot, Sternberg, Bruntal. And we had an elementary school outreach. They brought the whole school out to Podskali on buses. And we did English songs. The gospel group sang to them. And then we did little crafts. And we taught them the gospel. Oh, man. It was wonderful. Next. So this is what happens when you pray. So this is Corey, and he, you know, we do the gospel singing. Here's his mom dancing. She's 52 years old. She's out there dancing hip hop on the street. Hallelujah. And, and, and so then these are all people. He just invited them right up out of the crowd. Pretty soon everybody's dancing. And then they get their hearts prepared to receive Jesus, which they do. 
Go to the next one. And this is in Ostrava. And this is Pastor Deborah, uh, the wife of the pastor. And she's given her testimony. Later, nine people received Jesus and prayed the prayer of salvation right there on the city square. Uh, it's it's amazing. This hasn't happened because Czech people are very reserved. You know, if you don't know them, they're quite drawn back. And and this is something that's something we haven't seen in years. Go to the next one. So this is a concert in the middle of Brunthal. There's a public park. And Corey was, you know, we did the concert. He's leading the dance in that song, Te Amo. Some of you know that from Israel Houghton. That's a great song. Go to the next. And here's all the people coming to the concert, listening. And then we just get up and do a, a short gospel presentation. Eleven people got saved. Hallelujah. This is wonderful. Next. Here's in Sternberg. Corey and the, his team get up and they, they're sharing the songs and then the testimonies. Go to the next. And then I get up and I'll preach about, you know, the prodigal son here and just give them the salvation message. And then as the sun's going down, we're, this is, um, Pastor Peter, the guy I'm working with. That's us and, and we're leading nine people to the Lord there. Hallelujah. So every city people are coming to Jesus. And here's the church. Whoops. Go back one. It's stuck back here in the middle of these ugly old panelocks. Look at that nice church building, and, and the church is growing. Hallelujah. Next. So in the summertime, we hosted a mountain bike race because Potskali is like eight miles out of town up in these beautiful hills. And and it's a great place for mountain bike. So they uh, had 200 racers entered, and this was a, a, a construction company that let us use this big entry, and here's the, the start and stop. It was a powerful tool to bring people out and put Podskelly on the map. Next. So all these families come, and then all summer long, then now they know where Podskelly is. So they're coming out on their bicycles, and each weekend through the summer we have gospel concerts. It can be country, it can be bluegrass, it can be gospel music, praise and worship. And then on the breaks I get up and tell a Bible story. So we're giving out the gospel every week in this place. It's it's great. Next. Uh, in June... We went to a gypsy community in Slovakia. This is over on the Ukrainian border. And unemployment is 85%. Now, you think we have problems? Let me tell you about poverty. <laughs> 85%. And and so the people, you know, we just get up and start doing the music. This is James. Uh, helps us. He's a violin player from England. Next. And, and Mark is the, the pastor there. Now, he used to pastor with us in Czech, but he had such a heart for these gypsy people. And he helped plant a gypsy pastor in this one community about eight years ago. And now that, that church has 600 people, and they bus in people, gypsies, from all these villages around. They have over a 1,000 people meeting. It's the largest church in Slovakia, gypsies. And, and you see these panel locks here. These are these ugly, old, de- decrepit buildings. Well, the city condemned them because they had sewage problems. The sewage wasn't designed right, and every time it rains, the sewage would back up into the streets. So they made all the white people move out. Listen to this, because the prejudice devil is still around, and we have to defeat that. Amen? Well... They said, oh, well, the white people, they got to move out. So instead of the 2,000 white people, they moved in 7,000 gypsies, and then they shut off the water and the sewer completely. So you have apartment buildings, and there's rows of uh, outhouses out behind it because there's no water, no heat, and no electricity. That's how they treat the gypsy people there. 
And can you imagine trying to keep your family cold in this big, I mean warm in the, in the winter that's just like in, in Minnesota and Iowa and they have no heat. So they, they drill holes in the wall and put these little stoves in and they'll heat their apartment as, as they can find wood with whatever they can get to burn. And the, the malnutrition, the lack of good clothing, uh, it, the lack of dental care, it's, it's horrendous. But see, this is why we have to go there. Uh, next. So I, I just, I was crying. I'm just up there preaching. You see all these hands that are going up. We had 70 people, uh, that got saved and came to church. Can you imagine 70 new people in church in one day? Can that happen in Stillwater? Well, how big is God, people? Let's dream big. Next. So they met all summer. You know, 120 people in a vacant lot. <laughs> there was no chairs, no stools, no platform, no sound system, no roof. If it rained, they just stood in the rain and heard the gospel. That's church, people, in Slovakia. And we said, we got to do something. So we brought our old evangelism tent. We've had this thing. It's 30 years old. It came from Miami, Oklahoma, <laughs> tent company. And so this became their church. We, we set it up in the end of September, and we had 120 people at the opening meeting. And this is the new Gypsy Praise and Worship Band. We had 120 people. It was, it was a joy of the Lord. Man, those people can worship God. And they're serious about God, believe me. They are hungry for the things of God. Next. In 20, I just, this was funny. In 20 years of doing these crusades, this is the first time we had indoor plumbing in the tent. We stretched the tent out over that lot and, oh no, the outhouse is gonna be inside the tent. And I thought, well, indoor plumbing, hmm, that's a new thing. But there was this kind of special atmosphere that wasn't too holy. So we had to knock down the outhouse and fill it in. We had to dig them a new one. But I just thought that was really funny. Next. And this is our assistant pastor, and he's do, doing the Saturday morning service. And you see, he's raising up this next generation of leaders within the gypsy community. Go. And this is our worship leader. We brought 20 people down from our Olomouc church, and that was our evangelism team. So everybody's on, everybody's doing something. And this is our, our, our children's leader, Yana. And this is our youth leader, Andrea. And, and these are, pretty soon they have 30 kids. Out there, and they were following Andrea around like she was a mother hen. And on the next morning, thirty of those beautiful little children got born again. Uh, you know, it just makes tears come to your eyes. God is so good that nobody else in that country cares about those people, but God does. And He has a future for those children, but it's only through Jesus. Amen. That's that's what CJ is talking about. It's time to start caring about people. Amen? And when you do that, God will equip you with everything you need. But we just got to care for the people that nobody else cares about. Amen? Go to the next one. So these are the gypsy leaders. Uh, uh, Marosh, Yosef, and Jacob. And... Look how short they are. That's the typical size of the gypsy guys because they had childhood malnutrition. They just don't grow very big because they grew up hungry all the time. That is something we have to change, people. Amen? 
And this is why you know, our church is committed to stand and help build that community. All right, go to the next one. And so we did a worship seminar. I'm a former music you know, band director, so I have a real zeal to train up a new generation of worship leaders. Go to the next one. And this is some of our boys. That's Libor on bass and Yarek on trumpet and uh, Lukash on guitar. So... Therefore, teach, write ye this song for you and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me. When young people are on fire for the Lord, singing out the praises of God, that is a powerful testimony to the world. Amen? So we got to equip and train them. Raise up a new generation of worshipers. Go to the next one. So this is our, our children's choir. We, this is our summer camp where we teach English and, and we have these tie-dye shirts that we make and that's like our camp uniform. Here's the kids are singing to the Lord. Next one. And this is our, our, our English camp band. We have two, three trumpets, trombone, a couple clarinets, saxophones, flute. I'm back on keyboard. We got bass, guitars, and drums. It's the whole deal. And see, we're raising up a new generation of worshipers in that country that has not heard the, the goodness of God for a long time. Let's go to the next. So we also do art projects. We took these poro, porous, they're, blo- they're building blocks, but they inject air into the cement to make it more, um, our factor. I don't know how to explain it, but anyway, the, it's soft blocks and you, we put them together with glue and then the, the kids can file them down and then we paint them. So our story was Joseph, here's the coat of many colors, Joseph the slave and Joseph in, uh, you know, the prison warden. So all of these things are helping the kids get a tactile experience and helping them remember the stories of the Bible. Next. So this is the final night. We have our stage out in front here, and the parents and the community comes, and here's the testimonies and the songs and the program. It's a great outreach to the community. Next. And uh, this is what Poet Scully is about. We're, this is our, our fall challenge. We send the kids out in the woods, and they have to find It's like a treasure hunt with biblical clues. We just give them a compass, and they have to go out in the woods and find all this. So it's it's a great teaching tool, but it's also about the fellowship that they get and, and become a family of God. Next. So this is inside a restaurant. It's about relationships, a family sense where everybody belongs to each other in the house of God. Amen? Next. It's it's about activities that build up teamwork and esprit de corps. You know, we have to see all of our kids, and you see, we are a team, and and we have to work together and acknowledge the gifts because nobody can do it by themselves. We need each other to all be helping build. So the whole body, when it's joined together, you know, with all the joints and ligaments which the Lord supplies, it builds itself up in love. Amen. And that's not just over there. That's right here in Stillwater. Amen? Everybody's part of that team. Next. And so it's also about getting the kids out where they can enjoy nature. Most of these kids live in high-rise, ugly, gray panelock buildings. And, and see, we take them up in the woods and they learn about God's creation and worship the Lord out there in the beautiful woods. And it's a great uh, time to get them closer to the, the Spirit of God. Next. So we also, we take our church band out in the winter time, uh, in December, even though it's cold, we have this Christmas market and they set up these, uh, booths, like a hundred of them around the big center square and they sell like Christmas ornaments and cookies and different things and we set up a, 
next to this booth where we had hot chocolate and tea and coffee for free, and then we give out tracks. And, and we work together with the six other churches in town. It's a great outreach playing this music on the square. Next. So this is in the main square. We got on the main stage on Christmas Eve. We had about 300 people gathered here, and we're sharing the gospel with them on, on Christmas Eve. Next. And I, it was cold. It was like 25. And I had to let, it was like my old days when I used to be in the University of Minnesota marching band. And always that last game of the year in November, your lips would freeze to the mouthpiece. And I thought, here we go again. <laughs> but God helped us and we, we played and the people loved the music and, and we gave out hundreds of tracks. Next. Our youth band also was out there, you know, all bundled up, but we're playing. This was on December 6th. And it's uh, Svati Mikulash Day, which in Czech, it's a tradition. They give presents to the kids on the 6th of December. And they have Saint Nick, who looks like Santa Claus. And he has an angel with him and a devil with him. And he asks now, have you been good? And they say, yes, we've been good. Then the angel gives him some candy. And they say, well, we were kind of bad. Then the the devil gives him a piece of coal. <laughs> so, but they always, you know, and then they, you know, they forgive him. And, you know, it's a cute little tradition. But it just, it reminds kids, hey, who are you going to serve? Are you going to do good or are you going to do bad? So it's a good thing. Next. So this is what it's all about. This is the baptism. We baptized seven kids that got saved in camp and four adults. And it says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. People, this is it. we got to go in all the nations. And not, not all of you can go, but you can send. And we need your help today. We do. We, Like I said, we've lost $500 a month of support in the last half a year. And over the last six years, we've lost six other churches that, you know, since 2008 with the economic downturn, the churches just couldn't do their mission support anymore. And, you know, we have to, we're believing God. But some of you can help us today. Go to the next slide. What, what are the things we need? Well... <laughs> We, we need to care about the lost and, and, and share our resources so that the kingdom can finish what God's called us to do before Jesus comes back. We, we need, uh, scholarships. We want to do, uh, Bible school scholarships to raise up leaders. We, we need monthly pledges to help with that. 25, 50, or 100 dollars per month. That helps us to make up for those losses that we've had. We need instruments. If you have an old band instrument or an instrument that you would like to donate, we want to put that in the hands of children whose parents cannot afford instruments and teach them how to worship God with their talents. And we need a better van. My old van is 17 years old and very tired. You know, it's got like 280,000 on it and every... Every time we have, like, we're going to an evangelism, I know when it's going to be really powerful because the door falls off. <laughs> you know, I can make it with that, but I would really like to have a van that when I open up, I'm in a hurry to go to evangelism. Oh, no, the door fell off again, Mario. We got to you know, screw the bolts in and get the thing back on. I would like to have a van that just works. <laughs> Amen? Well, you can tell if you can help us with that. 
If you pray, you know, maybe you can't, maybe you don't have the money. I understand, but you can pray for us. So we got out on the table, we got our newsletters and we got some free calendars. And, and you can get that, get on our mailing list. You can get those brochures and, and calendars and put that on a refrigerator and just say, Lord, I pray for Czech Republic. I pray for Mark and Tommy. I pray for their churches. I pray for those youth. I pray for that gypsy community. I pray that you will supply them with abundant resources and raise up that next generation of Czech and Slovak leaders. And see, if you're praying, God will do it. Amen? Because he's a good God. Amen. Well, let, oh, it's already 12. Can I teach a little bit? All right. I'll, I'll make it quick and, and snappy. Can you all stay with me for 15? Everybody stand up. Let's stretch your legs. Now, everybody turn to your neighbor and say, I am an overcomer in Christ. And today, I am taking steps to be a greater overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated again. Now, if we'll go ahead and put that second slide up. And uh, I'm just having so much fun. Hallelujah. Well, this is a story you all are familiar with, but I want to relate it to you in a way that will help us understand how to become an overcomer and how to stop what the devil has sowed into you, the negative influences, the distractions, the wrong thinking that allows his tools, the devil's tools, to overcome you. And as we learn this lesson today, we're going to learn how to become an overcomer by faith. And as you all know, if you go with me to Judges chapter 6, this is a a chapter that is um, familiar to you, but we need to hear these things and, and learn from them because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? So don't just start, oh, I know the story, you know, no, don't just write that off. See, because there's, there's, there's gems inside these passages that we're going to learn from today. Amen? So you all know the story. Uh, the <clears throat> Midian prevailed against Israel. I'm in Judges 6 too. And I'll come up to this in just a minute. But let me just preface it. He said, Midian and the sons of Midian, which were in the... Uh, I'm sorry, let me go back. The power of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of Midian, the sons of Israel made for themselves dens which were in the mountains and the caves and strongholds. For it was when Israel had sown, the Midianites would come with the Amalekites and the sons of the east and go against them. So they would camp against them and destroy all the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come in like locusts for number. Both they and their camels were innumerable. And they came into the land to devastate it. So Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. Now that's the first step in the right direction. They began to cry out to God. Amen? So if you want to become an overcomer and, and increase in your ability to overcome the devil, you first, we, we gotta cry out to the Lord with a sincere heart. Amen? 
Now go down a little farther. It says, Thus says the Lord God. I'm in the bottom half of eight. It was I who brought you up from Egypt and brought you up out of the house of slavery. I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and the hands of all your oppressors and dispossessed them before you and gave you their land. Now I'm in Judges 6.10. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God and shall, you shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not obeyed me. Now see, this is the key. They got low and the enemy was overtaking their land and stripping all the wealth out of their entire land because Israel had stopped obeying the voice of the Lord. And so if we want to get back into that place of being overcovered, today we have to make that, renew that covenant to obey the voice of the Lord. Amen? So, reading here, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, and as his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the wine press, in order to save it from the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. <laughs> and what, Gideon, he's hiding. You see, this is a wine press around Gideon there. And, and it's it's like a, a structure going around, and they had a, a, a pit in the middle as they tread out the grapes. You know, they'd put straps across this wooden frame, and they'd hold it while they tread out the grapes, and the juice would run into a barrel. Oh, See, when you're in that spirit of slavery, you're ending up doing things that you shouldn't be doing. That's what slavery does. It it changes your mentality and you see yourself as something under what you really are. Something less than who you're called to be. And Gideon, he's down there, he's beating out wheat in the wine press. That's not what a wine press is for. That's what the spirit of slavery does. It causes you to misappropriate even the resources you do have. And, and he's hiding in there, and the Lord says, The Lord is with you, oh valiant warrior. And, and Gideon looks up. Who is that? And he, he goes back down, he's beating the wheat. The Lord is with you, oh mighty warrior. <laughs> and, and Gideon, who are you talking to? He, and then he starts thinking in his natural mind, which is how he got into slavery in the first place. See, when you get out of the Spirit and start obeying your natural mind instead of the Spirit of God, what happens to you? You don't know who you really are anymore. You become something different, and then you start questioning with your natural mind when God's speaking to you. God said to him, uh, Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all these things happened to us? And see, a lot of us get in situations and circumstances and we think, well, God, if you're really with us, how come these hard things are happening? How come I lost my job? How come my kids got on drugs? How come, you know, I I went through this painful divorce or how come I got this sickness? God, if you're with us, why is this happening? And see, if you don't resist that natural thinking with the Spirit of God, you get into bitterness unbelief, fear, and this is this is it. If you listen to the Spirit of God today like Gideon did, one word from God changes everything. Amen? 
You get one word in your spirit from the spirit of the living God and everything in your life begins to change. And I'm giving you that word today. Amen. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. Say it with me. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Oh, come on. Now let's say it like you mean it. Say, even our faith. Amen. Faith in the word of God. See, when we get that in us, one time we let that word of God supersede our fears and our questions and unbelief. We're taking the step out of slavery to the things of the devil and we're getting on the spirit where we're going to overcome every work of the devil. Amen. Go to the next slide. So the world system tries to enslave all of us through sin, wrapped up in a neatly packaged lie, and it makes it look like freedom. And you know, we want to be free. Oh, I want to be free. Yeah, you're free to play computer games until your eyes bug out. Some some of you spend so much time, you're starting to look like Mr. Bean up there, you know. You know? <laughs> Or you're free to make your minds full of all kinds of non-biblical rubbish. You know, we spend all time reading all these newspapers and reports and all this. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're spending more time in that than you are in the Word of God, don't be surprised when your faith is so weak you can't believe God to even get over a common cold. <laughs> See, we got to replace the ways of this world What we think is freedom is actually enslaving us to wrong thinking and seeing ourselves as something that we're not. Tommy was saying, you're, you're more than you think you are. Amen. Hallelujah. We're, we're, you know, you see people that they have to escape from this life with alcohol and drugs or immorality or porn or whatever. And they're just feeding on that stuff because their pain is so great. But see, if we're going to help them get free, we got to show them the same way that Gideon found his way out. You know, Gideon was free to blame God for all the problems, but instead of looking to God for the answer, he had become a slave to an inferiority complex and to fear and inadequacy. You know, we're reading in that same chapter, you know, the Lord spoke to him. He said, uh, I'm in verse 13. He said, now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord is now speaking to him and replacing that negative inferiority complex. The Lord says, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? But he said to him, now he's making these excuses based on his natural mind. How shall I deliver Israel? My family is the least in Manasseh. I'm the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat Midian as one man. See, the, the world promises people freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a man, to that he is enslaved. And when you sit there and you let those negative thoughts, you know, envelop you like, well, you're never going to be anything. Or you you didn't come from the right family. Or, you know, you don't have the right education. Or, you know, you're not pretty enough. Or you're not this or that. That See, 
When you let the devil overcome you with negative thoughts about yourself, you're becoming a slave to that negative, demonic concept that the devil says about you. But see, when we come to Jesus in faith and let his words establish who we are, not what the devil says, not what you're, you know, some mean old teacher that said you're stupid and you won't ever amount to anything or a parent who deserted you and and left you feeling rejected no that's not going to shape who you are amen who's going to shape who you are jesus christ the son of the living god who says you are my child hallelujah you are my overcoming blood-bought minister of the new covenant hallelujah amen Let's go to the next slide. I got to hurry up. So we got to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. This is Galatians 5, 1 and 13. For you are called to freedom. Yes, we do have freedom in the spirit, freedom to follow Jesus. He says, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through God, serve one another. See, we, we've got this wonderful freedom, but we're not supposed to use it to just indulge our flesh. Oh, I don't, I don't have to go to that prayer meeting. I have freedom, you know. I'm still with the Lord. Well, you do have freedom. But see, if you keep resisting the Spirit of God that way, you're using that freedom to indulge your lazy flesh that just doesn't want to come up and get out of bed and come to prayer at 9.30 in the morning, right? And we have to overcome those negative tendencies with the Spirit of the living God. And just say, flesh, shut up! I'm getting up, I'm going to prayer because I know my spirit needs it. You know, I guarantee you, everybody in this room, when you're going to have those three days of prayer and fasting, everybody in this room is going to have some excuse where their flesh says, Oh, you really don't have to pray, you poor little dear thing. You don't have to fast. Oh, listen to your stomach. You know, you need to just eat and make yourself feel better because you poor little thing. It's just so hard. Come on. Eat another donut. (laughs) And your spirit comes up. No! I don't need that donut. I need the spirit of God. I want to see revival in my city. Hallelujah. I'm not going to use my freedom as an occasion to the flesh. But through love, I'm going to serve those people and pray for them to get saved. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to be committed and I'm going to stay with the pastor's vision and I'm going to love this church. I don't care what the devil says. I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. 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 So we have to realize, you know, realize who we are in Christ. We have to get real with God. Amen. He says, Gideon had been overcome by his circumstances and through fear, he was focusing on his problems. He was focusing on all the, well, I'm from this least clan in Israel, and I'm the least of my family, and you know, I just, I don't think I can do it. And the Lord says, go, go in this strength that you have and deliver Israel. See, God is speaking the truth about him, and he's making these excuses. Realize, people, what is the faith saying? What is faith speaking to your life? But what is the flesh saying? And then defeat the flesh by replacing the flesh mind with the mind of Christ. Amen? That's what Gideon had to do. Go to the next one. I'm going to hurry up. 
So instead of speaking the problem, we have to train ourselves to speak the answer from God. In the New Testament, it puts it this way. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. That's past tense. Amen? You've already overcome those negative things through the blood of Jesus on the cross. When he said, it is finished, he meant what he said. You have already overcome the devil. But you just got to get your natural man to realize it and then walk it out. He says, greater is he. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Uh, this is We've all heard that scripture, but are we living it? Are we making it real? You know, the Lord looked at Gideon. He says, go this in your strength and deliver Israel. Have I not sent you? And then he starts in with his excuses. Oh, Lord, how am I going to deliver Israel? My family's the least and I'm the youngest and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. So God said, okay, Gideon, we're going to start on a new track. Go to the next slide. He said, I want, I want you to make an offering. Now, th- and this is, this is the reason he made an offering. He got a revelation. You know, that we need to get today. That God is bigger than every situation that comes against us. Gideon got that revelation. And then he stepped out in faith and he made an offering to God. And that was saying, God, I'm putting you, I'm going to give you a sacrifice of praise and put you above every problem. I'm just going to worship you. Amen? And today we need to get the revelation here based on 1 John 5, 1 through 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Amen? (laughs) Whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. Amen? That's all you got to do is just love God and you reflect that in your worship. And then just do what He commands you to do. And that's what Gideon did. He loved God. He gave him an offering. And he said, okay, God, show me what to do. And as he stepped out in faith, all this became true. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen? People, you're over, you're overcomers. Because you're born of God. You absolutely 100% without a doubt are going to win you're on the winning team amen so this is what you got to do he says this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith we're going to step out in faith we're going to finish what God started in us we're going to believe what he said and we're going to obey his voice and that's what Gideon did who is the one that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God Amen. Go to the next one. I'm almost done. Uh, see, the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you will defeat Midian as one man. So do not depart from here. This is Gideon. He's replying to the angel. He says, I'm going to come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he says, I'll wait till you come back. So Gideon made a wise choice to honor God with a sacrifice as an act of worship. This is the first step of stepping out to become an overcomer today. You need to actively worship God and put Him above all your circumstances. Amen? In Psalm 
Well, let me just read that. It says, our sacrifice of praise puts us back in proper reality. It gets us back in the proper perspective where God becomes bigger than all of the situations in our life. That's what you're doing. When you're worshiping God, you're saying, oh God, I know I got situations. I know I got problems, but you're big enough to take care of all of them. And I'm just going to worship and praise you. Amen. And then I'm going to go farther. I'm going to give an offering. A sacrifice of praise. That's what we do when we put that offering in the in the plate. We're telling God, I trust you so much. I'm giving you my money and my offering of time and love and service and praise. And I'm just thanking you, Father, that you're big enough to take care of every need in my life. Amen? And that is an act of violent spiritual warfare. When you offer praise out of an honest heart... That is breaking down the kingdom of darkness. The devil can't stand it when you stand up and begin to worship God. He goes running out the exits. And and look what David wrote in Psalm 50. I was just talking about this with Pastor Dale last night. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. Amen? When you start offering... That orders your, your, your ways. It, it gets your ways back in the ways of God again. When you give that offering of sacrifice, of praise, it destroys the control of the enemy over your mind, your spirit, and even over your money. And then you're free to be blessed of God. Now we're gonna finish right now. Go to the next one. So y'all know what happened. Gideon, he went in and he gave God his very best. He prepared this young goat. He, you know, and they, they didn't have this. He was in a time of starvation. That goat was very important to him. But he gave the best he had, and then he gave unleavened bread. He was out there beating flour because they had almost none left. But he, he said, I'm going to give the best I got to God, the best of my resources, the best of my time. And then he, he put the meat in a basket. He put the broth in a pot. He brought them out under the terebinth tree and presented them. And the angel of God said, Now take the meat and the unleavened bread, lay them on the rock, pour out the broth around it. So it's all wet with this soup broth, you know, from the meat. And the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand. He touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire came up out of the rock. See? When you step out in faith and just give to the Lord the best of your life, fire is going to come up out of the rock itself. It's going to consume that offering, and God's presence is going to manifest in power in your life. Amen? That's how Tommy and I are living for 20 years on the mission field. That's how we got that restaurant and and camp and retreat center. That's how we got the new church building. And that's how, I don't know where or how, but that's how I'm going to get that van. Uh, I know, because I'm just giving God the best I have, and He just shows up, and His presence does amazing things. And that God will do the same for every one of you. Amen? Go to the next one. So then the angel departed, and now he said, All right, Gideon, let's get serious now. You gave me the offering. You saw my power. I want you to step out in faith now and cut down those idols. I want you to take out your axe and go down there in the front yard of your father. You know, because they all were worshiping Baals and Ashtaroth and all this stuff. But people, don't just think about their idols. (laughs) 
Now I'm stepping on some toes. Every one of us has got some idols too (laughs) that need to be cut down. What is an idol? Well, anything that tries to supplant the Lordship of Jesus in our mind, in our life, in our worship, that's an idol. And if you want to get to be an overcomer, we have to identify those things and cut them down. You know, when I was a young trumpet player, I mean, I played for the president back in 1979. Our band went out to Washington and we played for President Carter and Walter Mondale. I was from Minnesota. We played in this jazz club and Mondale used to come in there and he invited us. We went out and played for the president and the vice president came and shook all our hands. And I thought, man, I'm really something. Well, a couple of years later, I got saved and I found out any, all that jazz, you see, if you're not playing for the glory of God, all that music is just idle conversation. And it's all about flesh. And I, I said, God, I'm sorry. And I had to actually set down the trumpet for a whole year. I was, I went back to the university and, and the, the, you know, I said, well, I'm going to lay down the trumpet. And the band director says, what? Mark, you're a good trumpet player. No, nah, the Lord told me, you know, and he, well, you know, I could use somebody to play the baritone. We're doing these host military suites. And you know what a baritone is? It's like a small tuba. And he says, Mark, you could really serve us if you'd play the baritone. And I mean, my flesh was, oh, the baritone. You know, oh, not that. And God said, Mark, are you going to obey me or are you going to keep that idol? Okay, Lord, give me the axe, chop it down, put the trumpet in the case. And I played baritone for a whole year at the University of Minnesota. And I served. And, you know, God blessed me from that. I learned about how to serve, how to not be the big hot shot, and I learned how to glorify God with with the praise that was in me. And I was praising God with, you know, <laughs> didn't do much for my ego, but it did a lot for my heart. Amen. Well, I think some of us, if we're real honest, we got some idols that need to come down. And if you're willing to cut them down, you know, just say, Lord, tell me what to do. Am I spending too much time on the internet? I'm going to cut it down. At the time I take off the internet, I'm going to put on the Bible or prayer or serving, coming down to help clean the church or helping with all the children's church because there's a lot of kids. That's why CJ's having that meeting next week. He needs workers. So cut down some other things in your life and come in and get behind your pastor and say, I'm willing to serve the kids, pastor. Tell me what to do. And he'll give you a direction and you'll be blessed for it because you're taking that idol of your own precious time and, and giving that to the Lord. And you know what? He will multiply your time then because you're investing your life for his divine purposes. Amen? And that's what Gideon did. He took the... Acts, I'm, I'm just going to fast forward here because I'm finishing. And, and he took ten men with him and went down there in the night because he was afraid. You know, God, he takes us where we're at. He wasn't the big mighty man. He snuck down there, took his servants with him, ten guys, and they did it at night when no one was looking. <laughs> and then, you know, the people come out the next day, where's that idol? Who did this? And his father knew who it was. Oh, well, you know, it, he said, if... If Baal is a real idol, shouldn't he be able to take care of it and go kill this guy who cut his idol down? His father was very wise. 
And he said, yeah, you're right. And of course, nothing happened to Gideon because Baal is a false dead god that has no power at all. And so then now Gideon's getting some strength. Go to the next one. And I got, I got a fast word. Next one. <laughs> what happened? See, the anointing came on him. Next one. <laughs> And it says, the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself. He took possession of him. See, when you step out and obey the Lord, you cut down the idols, you worship God in spirit and truth, and make that a priority in your life, the anointing comes on you, and you can do things that you never could have done in your natural strength. Things that you never even imagined. I mean, Tommy and I, we're doing stuff we never even could imagine. We're, you know, working in, over in Perry at the, our little Christian school, New Hope. Isn't it interesting? Our church is called New Hope, Ina. Amen. And we, I, we cried and we bled and just trying to keep that little school and church together. We had no idea what God had prepared for us in Czech Republic as we just stepped out and did what I'm telling you. Worship the Lord, obey His voice, cut down the idols, and then watch what God will do. And, and, and God gave him a strategy. And this is what God's going to give you today. The strategy for being an overcomer. In Gideon's case, he said, you got too many people. Go. A couple of photos. I, I love these pictures. He said, you got to find God's strategy in all these situations, and He may tell you to do things that go against your natural reasoning. <laughs> like Tommy and I, go to Czechoslovakia. What? I can hardly even spell it. <laughs> no, I want you to go there. I can't speak the language. No, it's okay. Just go. And, and we just obeyed. And look what the Lord has done. Well, the same thing with Gideon. He said, now, go down to the water. You know, he had about 10,000 guys. He blew the trumpet. 10,000 guys show up. Okay, now we got an army. Even though the enemy had 80,000. <laughs> and he says, no, that's too many, Gideon. I don't want you to take credit. I'll tell you what. You have the guys go down to the water, and whoever just puts their face right down and laps up the water like a dog. <laughs> you know, those are the manly guys. <laughs> no, they, they were just, he just said, I, I need you to know that I'm going to do this, not you. And there was only 300 out of the 10,000 that were left. Everybody else, he says, I'm sorry, you got to go home. And he's left with 300. And now he's got to go against an army of 80,000. And it looks totally impossible. See, God is going to call you to do things in this time and raise up out of your natural thinking. Right now, in this room, ministries are about to be born. Missionaries are about to be sent. Pastors, teachers, preachers, evangelists are sitting here right now. Healing ministries are here. Prophetic ministries are right now in this room. Who's going to stand up and hear the voice of God and listen to the strategy of the Spirit? That is going to bring revival. When you're all listening, this place is going to be breaking and it's coming people this place is going to be breaking out of the walls you're going to have to go to two services i'm prophesying that into you right now pastor cj and lisa you're going to have to go to two services because this place is going to be pushing out the walls as you get a hold of the strategies of god for your ministries everybody here is important amen and this is what gideon did see it's right there 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's the strategy of God. He will show you that divine strategy for your life, your family, your ministry, your job, your church, everything. And here's the last word. But do not be wise in your own eyes. Just fear the Lord and depart from evil. Cut down those idols. Give yourself to God. Become on fire, Christians, hungry for the things of the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will direct your paths. And this church will become a sign and a wonder in this entire community. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand together. I just want to remind you of the offering box that's out there uh, for Mark and Tommy and their ministry. Uh, make your checks out to New Covenant Fellowship, and we'll make sure that all of it goes to bless them. How many of you guys appreciate this couple? Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness today, and we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you are equipping, you are challenging, convicting And stirring us up, Father, to continue to follow you and be a light to this world. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful week. See you guys next time.